going forward. Let me tell you something. You'll never find tennis balls in a Pringles can. That's the world number four for you folks. That's the world number four. He's letting y'all know when he got a press conference, a room all to himself. No one is kicking him out. These are the things he'd like to share. So really bad on Serena for kicking out Dominic scene with her quote-unquote bad personality. Because we miss such gems like this. I mean, where else won't we find tennis balls, Janina? <laughs> I mean, in a cup of well, coffee? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I mean, we won't find them in a cup of coffee. I- I actually like it. I feel like it's a kind of like philosophical statement that's deeper than we think. <laughs> I don't know what it might be, but hey, let's all ceremoniously open up a can of Pringles next time and see what's inside. Do you know what though? Can I tell you how rare that is? When's the last time you actually found a can of Pringles? I don't even see commercials about them anymore. Um, I just had a can of Pringles a month ago. Did you eat them all in one sitting? You fast? No, 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 I did not. So, like, you know, the you know, like, for the rest of the world in America, or perhaps just in New York, pharmacies sell everything, yeah, but drugs. Drugs are all the way in the back, right? And, <laughs> So it's only true. recently it's only recently that they stopped selling cigarettes, right? Because oh. cigarettes used to be in front full display. You can get everything in there. Milk, they bread. They still sell alcohol. They still sell alcohol, cheap booze, whatever. <laughs> but then, anyway, they had a sale. So sometimes I have snacking, you know, for the, pe- the other people in the office. So they had like three cans of Pringles for like $3. And I was just like, but if you buy one, it's going to be $2. So I was just like, why not? So then I gave away two cans, and then my coworker and I, the guy sat next to me, and the lady, we ate, you know. But they have all kind of crazy flavors. And you know what? They're not as good as I remember them when I was a kid. Do you want to go ahead and do the introductions? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. (laughs) Although, I have to say, the best thing about the Pringles was that they really kept, that can really kept those things from breaking. That was supposed to be what was special about it, right? Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Dominic, for the nostalgia. I really feel it. And here's the little um cultural i don't know piece for you at one point in the caribbean in the caribbean but once you ate one you couldn't stop so it was like possessed so people used to be like i'm not eating pringles because the owner of the devil worshippers and i'm like i don't care more pringles. <laughs> if it's not one Je- thing, it's another jesus <laughs> is crispy the devil is crispy and fresh but anyway, before I go any further, good day, good night, good evening, and welcome to our 159th podcast, I think it is, because we had two special episodes throughout the week. I hope you people realize we're working hard for you. We are over our trauma from Wimbledon, and we give you three podcasts in a week. So I don't want to hear anything from anyone like Dima and Maya sending me DMs, like, where are you at? So... <laughs> I mean, we were seriously grieving. I think, I think, uh, yes. that, actually, to be honest, listen, I don't know if it's because I have federal fans on my time cl- timeline, but it has been dead silent all summer. Post Wimbledon, I think everyone went away. Like, everyone's like, I, I didn't even check time. 10 to schools for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so I was over it in five minutes and moved on. But, you know, that's just how I roll. That's because you have no heart, Janina. Exactly. You have no heart. And you have kids, you know, so when the kids grow, you know what I mean? You just got to deal with it. Keep it rolling. Anyway, continue with your introduction. Yes. So before I go any further, 
I guess what, folks? I can actually see the ladies today. So I see Andrine is having her daily fruits and vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. gin and tonic. How are you, Soul Lieutenant Travel? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm about to start traveling again. <laughs> She's looking so fresh and breezy out in California. And, but I see a little tiny bit of sweat, so it's a little warm. Yeah, it is actually. It is actually. <laughs> and Janina is finally back home with her families and friends. How are you, Janina? Oh, great. She's wearing purple glasses. She's yes, so I have cute. purple glasses. Yeah, and I have my coffee. And my mug says she believed she could, so she did. Um, and she just has a cup. What's in the cup? I'm it's coffee, to... motherfucker. Uh, I was coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and real is the homosexual of the podcast. He's saying he's wearing a do rag. Yes, he is. I'm he representing do rag gang. I know. <laughs> the do rag gang gang. What real doesn't gang. know is Sorry, I'm going to publish really this video. <laughs> What's that? What I do not know is what? I'm going to publish this video. <laughs> Surprise! Oh my God. And fans. <laughs> Janina Kids is going to be without a mother pretty soon. So. <laughs> Get know. your funeral arrangements re- ready. It's, yeah. Reels hot. Reels is hot. I am I hot. Mean... Because when we call in the podcast, I can't I, turn on my AC. I made him my... turn it off. Yeah. I have to push it far away. It's too so loud. I, yeah. I'm so therefore, we'll go quickly because this has turned into a six-minute introduction. <laughs> That's true. All right. Let's start with the finals, y'all. Um, It happened. And guess what? It was the very unlikeliest of finals we can all imagine. I mean, well, like, actually, for both sides, I'm for telling you, whoever picked these people from the jump, they made a lot of money. Okay, they got like, you know, they got like Uber money right about now. They got like seventy billion dollars. <laughs> Kuzi and Madison Keys. Whew, I and mean, Medvedev versus Gonfar. I mean. I don't mm. know. Janina, you were there. What what had happened? Was there like See, what had, what had happened was I told y'all Kuznetsova looked good. Yeah, you did. She's fitter than she has been, I think, ever. I really think ever. Not just in recent history. Like, I don't know that she's ever looked this good. Um, so, when she won majors, but hey. No, I think she wasn't as fit then. I didn't think she have to, she didn't have to be. The, in general, the women weren't as fit as they are now. Um, so I guess that part's not surprising, given, you know, when I saw her play, um, she was playing well. She's moving well. She looked, you know, good. Maddie, I don't know. She's always hit or miss, right? She can be really, really good mm-hmm. or really, really bad. Um, well, Cozy had both of them today, and Cozy was just like, You know, not- what a fucking mess. Like, seriously? Seriously, you were up a break in both sets, and you mm-hmm. can't—you like what you the hell? You serve for the sets. You serve for However, each set. exactly. And all week long, that was her—that um, was her weakness. Was her serve? I watched. I actually left a match. I don't even remember who she was playing, but I had to go because like neither one of them could hold serve. There were like six or seven straight breaks of serve. It was so incredibly bad. Um, so I got frustrated and I left. But uh, yeah, was that the Simona match. 
You're like Richard Williams, no. aren't you? See, your kids can't play tennis. You're like Richard Williams. You know what? Y'all are doing shit. I'm out of here. <laughs> and I was like, fuck this. I got the role. So, yeah, that, that was just like bad. So I guess in that sense, I'm not surprised that she wasn't able to serve out her sets and win that match because she that's the one thing she did poorly all week. But the thing is that she had a chance for double breaks. I mean, like, you know, get yourself that insurance break if you know you're like all over the place. I honestly don't think it would have mattered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think like Madison Keys was Madison Keys was fully dialed in. I mean, I, you know, she was she. It's you know, she the managed first, herself well this week. She definitely did. You know, and and I, I, I mean, I've I'll never be a Madison Keys fave. She'll never be a fave for me. But it was good to see her put together her game well and you know and and lift the trophy. I'm I was sad about Sveta because I was score. I was scoreboarding it because listen, it's Sunday and I need Sunday brunch. Um, but I was scoreboarding it and I was like, oh yes, Feta, upper break. And then suddenly I was like, wait, why is it six five? <laughs> <laughs> so bad. I mean, on the big points, Keys played really, really well. Yes. And I, I didn't expect her to be able to hit Sveta off the court, which she didn't, except for in key moments. Ah. She yeah. just bashed that fucking ball like <laughs> In the earlier bits of the set, Sveta got too complacent too quickly that she mm-hmm. kept real. I think she, I got the impression that she kept expecting Madison to miss at some point because in the beginning of each set, Maddie was playing sloppy. She was serving horribly. She was throwing balls into the net, you know, just sloppy errors. And yeah. then when it was Sveta, was like, time to serve for the match, search for the set, sorry. Then Maddie just that. She's staying in the rallies. She's hitting, she's slicing, she's going cross-court with Sveta. And each time, I mean, like, in all of the games, I think it was, in the two games where she was ahead in the game, Sveta, it wasn't like Sveta was ever ahead. Sveta was on the back foot from the beginning. She was always down love 30 or love 40 before, and then she gets broken. So, Sveta... Well, maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's the thing that Madison Keys has learned this week is to figure out when to dial in. You know, because I noticed that in the um, the Kennen match too, is that even though Kennen, I actually thought played better, um, and 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 had many of the controls of the rallies, all Madison had to do was to pick her moments, very mm-hmm. Novak Djokovic like, um, break points down a game or down a set or something. You know what I mean? It's like she just had to pick those key moments when she dialed in and focused, and like I guess also like found her targets. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Maybe Madison Keys has figured out the formula is not to be perfect the whole time, just to but just to pick her right. Um, right. Her right. coach, her coach did talk about <clears throat> um, working with her on that exact thing. Really? Um, you picking your moments and controlling and harnessing that power, mm-hmm. and being able to do other things and only use it when necessary. Smart, because you know that's always but clearly it's problem. working. Yeah, clearly it is because I mean the big yeah. thing with Madison has always been like you felt like you feel like you're watching her in a match and she's sort of out of control. But mm-hmm. I felt and I still feel like she was still that way. But she mm-hmm. dialed it in when she needed to, and she did it in the Hennen match, and she definitely did it in the. Well, uh, she final. also had an O on three against. Um, yeah, Svetlana. So yeah. she definitely but they hadn't had played in three years. So, yeah, I know that. You know, so you, you gotta kind of throw that out of the window. I agree. Yeah. But still, I think she came in with a certain because it wasn't like I think if she were playing a, a, a um I don't know she 
she beat Halop, didn't she? Yeah, she did. Someone with a with head to. She's clearly playing well, but I think that um. That was Svetlana's to lose. That was, was. to lose, and she lost yep. it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, that. <clears throat> I'm more interested in in the U.S. Open going forward, um, because you know she won't be seated. The irony is probably this is the funny thing. This is the thing about this when people say, "What does this mean for the U.S. Open?" The irony is that Sveta could easily go further than Madison at the U.S. Open. I was about none, to none say, of these so things mean anything. They don't yeah. mean anything. Well, I fully expect her to, to be honest. I, I expect Sveta to go further. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm. I think it means more for her than it does for Maddie, to be honest. But we'll see. We'll see in about a week's time. We'll see. Yes, we shall. What about the men? How'd you feel about that? Wow, that was weird, right? <laughs> Well, it was great <laughs> at DC Plus in the finals. I mean, perhaps yeah. a great mom, opportunity. A great perhaps opportunity for one both of them. them could be in the final. That was not the unusual thing. It's the fact that there were two of them. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. You like, always get that one random sometimes. You know, exactly. that happens. But <laughs> to not have a big three in the final of a Masters 1000. in the semifinal. <laughs> huge. Right. Huge, huge, huge. I mean, it was kind of nice and refreshing, but I don't know. No, I'm no, watching no, no, it on no. TV today with lots of empty seats. Wait, wait, wait. Um, Novak lost yesterday or the day before Friday? I don't know. Yesterday, the semis. Oh, okay, yesterday. He lost in the semis. Okay. Yeah, well, Federer... Well, you, know what, you know what was strange about it was, I mean, but also it wasn't good. That's the problem with the final. Like, I think while everyone was excited to see two new people, I don't think their styles generated enough interest to watch. I don't think people were like, I'm willing to stay out in this hot, blazing sun to watch these two play. Right. Didn't do it for Did them. they show up? <laughs> well, no. You know what? You could say to yourself, because it's the same. It was the same. It was the same <clears throat> ticket as the women's, right? And the women's final was somewhat full. Yeah. Yeah. And I So they were there. off. But they're like, uh, do I want to drive home or watch this final? <laughs> right. Because you had because on the women's side you had two known quantities as opposed to two young, two unknown, a young and an unknown player, right? Like mm-hmm. you had a name value in Madison Keys, you can be like, oh rah 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 American and Cozy, like, oh my god, she's a two time major final um champion. Jason, um so <laughs> <laughs> I we forgot how this works. We interrupt this performance for right. <laughs> I forgot how this works. Reels, you have no ability to chill. You have no cameras. This is too much. So <laughs> much for recording on camera today. Exactly. Uh, anyway. That was great. Thank you very much, Jason, for the uh, no. attention in this moment. Anywho. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a little bit sad for them because I think this is the future of the ATP that everybody has been fearful of, but never really out. <laughs> which is you have two young people. Not really. You have one that's like not quite young. You've got Goffin. He's been around. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Medvedev. And um, it generated enough interest to fill 60% of the seats. Maybe. Well- <clears throat> well, I mean, it, it would take time because, I mean, one of the things I think how the ATP should try to look at this is just like, yes, it's true, some of the big guys, but, you know, could anybody else shine during when any of those players are around? You know what I mean? Like, the press, well, the press 
she's not necessarily invested in anybody else except the big three and Andy Murray. You know what I mean? Like, are we going to give some sort of, like, silly story line I mean, to the others? But, I mean... Just for I'm some okay context, Medvedev, this was his third final of the summer. Yep. I mean, he's been playing yeah. really well. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> he's been playing really well. So it's not so much of a surprise that he was in this final. Um, Gofan, you know, he can always show up sometimes. He's, he's just healthy. not consistent. Yeah, he's has all these freak accidents that keeps him away from us for so long. But, I mean, Medvedev... I guess if you're, you know, if you're a fan of tennis outside of the top players, you're not surprised that he was here or that he won. Um, I liked what he said when he beat uh, Novak, when he was just like, when he talked through about not um, what his game wasn't working. And he's like, I have to go for more. And what I'm doing, he's basically like, what I'm doing isn't working, so I've got to change it because if that doesn't work too, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter because already what I was doing wasn't working. So he said, I started to go for more. I started to go for a bigger second serve. And, you know, I just wanted to play lights out tennis and he did it. And that got him a win over Novak. Um, I saw some of it. Did you guys watch it? I didn't see all of it. I saw the very end. I saw the second and the third set. It's very true because I've seen, um, I happen to mention online that I saw them, I saw them um, live at the uh, Australian Open mm-hmm. and he didn't change his, um, Medvedev didn't change his game there. He was just a junk baller. He totally simoned Novak at the Australian Open. It was one of those things where it was like, he just kept getting that ball back and then sometimes he would give Novak no pace and then he would junk ball it and then it was just frustrating for Novak. So when I saw that Novak was having sort of shoulder injuries in the quarterfinal with Pui, I said to myself, well, if the shoulder is still problematic and he junk balls Novak, he might frustrate Novak for the win. Mm -hmm. I was surprised though that in the second and the third set, it's actually not what he did. He didn't do the junk balling. He actually, dare I say... He took a little bit out of Federer's book, which is what Federer did at the at Wimbledon. He just wasn't as successful at it, which is he took his game to Novak, which is like mm-hmm. he shortened up all the points, served big, and then whenever he could, he would come in and finish out points. Mm-hmm. That's not Medvedev's game. I didn't even know that was possible. Right. Because the sets were actually, if you look at the statistics, I think the second and the third set were like each set was like 33, 34 minutes. He Very was quick. really quick on the ball. He was quick on it. He was not wasting because, you know, usually... Novak is like, we're 6'4", and it's like an hour, right? <laughs> so true. It was very Nick-esque. I mean, you know, I mean, I've seen Nick, like, celebrate Novak, um, celebrate Medvedev. I don't really think that matters. I think it's just because Nick hates Nick. Um, Nick, Nick hates um, Novak. But I think what's interesting <laughs> is that he did the same thing that Nick usually does to players, which is he gave Novak no rhythm, no time to get into yep. these long bases, <clears throat> which is what he was doing in the first set these long ass points. I'm like, that's Novak. Like he'll be here hot all day. But, mm-hmm. and you know, and the thing that always people forget, cause even though Novak won last year, Novak is generally beatable at Cincy. Something about this tournament. Yeah. I mean, he's only won it once. He's only won it once and he can easily get frustrated. Federer usually has his number here. Well, guess what? The courts play faster. Yes, very much so. And I think actually it was really nice to see that Medvedev changed midway through the match how he had been playing mm-hmm. entirely. Like serving big, going for your shots. I was I was happy to see that because that's not that's actually one of the reasons why I don't enjoy Medvedev's game is because he doesn't do that. You so, know what I mean? Usually appar- like a Simone. 
he he got asked no he didn't get asked but other players got asked about him a lot in press about what yes um what makes it so hard to play against him and that Mm -hmm. was it was just that he doesn't give you a rhythm Mm -hmm. um you don't know what's coming um and i wish i could remember who i should know this but i don't but someone actually i think it might have been sissy pass said his game is sloppy in a way that makes you mess up and he you know he said i'm not saying that to be negative he said i just don't know how else to say it because he just gives you nothing so yeah he makes you play ugly yeah yeah (laughs) basically so it was interesting and um i mean (laughs) well (laughs) but I, (laughs) i didn't know anything about him per se um, did you guys watch the Cards Against Humanity tennis style yeah, uh, video that the ATP put out? Competitive. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what, though? He was funny and charming, and I was yeah, not was, expecting that from him. But he's competitive. I don't... <laughs> he, he, look, he wanted to win, and he did. <laughs> Even well, the I card mean, we game. Know, we know enough about Medvedev. <laughs> Is Medvedev not the guy who threw the coins at the umpire? <laughs> <laughs> was that I him? Think it's him. Yes. <laughs> in the finals he was volatile like this well yeah he did volatile. break a racket in the final yes I he mean, did like, in the middle of and the then court he... not like in not by the side right you know, just like, right he... in the middle bam and then he won with that broken racket so you know what what does a racket matter <laughs> i mean the only russian i mean the only russian i feel safe around is karen kachanov because he's not I... russian um <laughs> <See> that? <laughs> No, 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 no. He is, but I'm just like, obviously, the legacy of Russian tennis. I know because we feel very volatile, right? I mean, Rublev. I mean, (laughs) imagine. I feel uncomfortable. I feel more comfortable around Gofan, and Gofan has these weird eyes. His eyes doesn't match his hair color. It looks like his eyes are lighting up, like he's like almost alien, and he has this sickly (laughs) smile. But I'm just very uncomfortable around Gofan. I think he just kind of looks like a garden gnome, but. <laughs> and those things, if I were to see them, I would be uncomfortable just the same. Moving, I will be uncomfortable. Anyway, <laughs> but, I mean, but I these think, Russians yeah. are really, really intense. I, I don't know how people go on about Nick, but I just see that these players look like they're about to murder someone. Like in the <laughs> next, they look angry, don't they? They because really they're do. upset Listen, over the smallest thing. Even Spetta, she's like she can be quite nasty on court. She's like, Tow! <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I think, and apparently they're all friends. (laughs) No, I don't really know if it's. I mean, that's not this. That was a very strange segment about Russian traits, but I think (laughs) that um, I think Uh, that (laughs) Netsipa said she knows Rublev, and she says this is who Rublev has always been, and she says. I don't know if his tennis would be memorable, but his attitude and behavior surely would be. <laughs> yep. Well, yes, she I did. Him. I remember him when he, I think two years ago, he had a nice, he had a very nice run at the U.S. Open and was swiftly taken care of by Rafa um, Rublev. He doesn't so he can play. Tennis. He can play tennis. They can play. Um, um, but I, I, I have to say, yeah, I appreciate them as kind of like the heir to um, the last famous <laughs> Russian. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Russians not, can either be very. <laughs> Russians are never in the middle. They're either very, very like out of control, or like very, you know, quiet. Like Davidenko. So inappropriate. Out. But very then again, 
Davidenko <laughs> turned out to be, according to the ATP, Davidenko was this Russian um, gambler mobster. So Leave Davidenko alone. Nonetheless, um, congratulations to Medvedev. Um, it was good and to finally... Maddie. No, it's very good for him. I mean, you got almost... Ba- I think you got bageled by Rafa. He got bageled by Rafa in uh, Montreal. And Medvedev, no, Medvedev okay. was in the final and got big yeah, and bad. now showed up here very bad. <laughs> and now shows goes to show you what level they're actually at, though. Um, you know, because think about it, like Rafa bageled him, and then for the rest of the week he went through everybody else. So mm-hmm. it goes. It also tells you where the big three is compared to the others. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rafa is gutted. They're just better. Open. They're Rafa just better. Wants that back. Well, you know, <laughs> that's nineteen, the thing. right? No, the funny thing is, um, you know, Rafa's looking like, oh, he won a Masters? Mofo, I just saw him last week and gave him his ass. Send him to me at the U.S. Open. I'll take care of him. Rafa's just like, we're letting these kids take Masters like it's candy from a bowl. Like, he probably he probably got Rafa or Rafa probably got Novak and Federer in that WhatsApp group. And he's like, look, bitches. <laughs> Don't let this shit happen again. I, mean, I leave you for one week, and this is what you do. Exactly. <laughs> He's gonna blame, and, and Federer's gonna be like, "Don't talk to me." I know Rublev wasn't gonna go anywhere. You gotta talk to Nolik because he let Medvedev take him out and, and then get the win. Because usually, once they take out the a top player, they never win, right? I know, right? <laughs> It was so funny because, I mean, this is how horrible things are, right? Because it's like Novak goes through the first set and everybody's like, he's seeing the tennis like a football. And then two, two sets later, what happened there? But, this is the thing. <laughs> but you know what? This is the thing. I fucking hate this Nole. How the hell does Nole end up being like so freaking hung so tight, right? Like he's ready. He's so in the zone. And then... Medvedev is the one that frustrates you enough to break uh, you know. for the match. Break you for the match. You got Federer 40-15 up, and you know what to do with your ass. But you got. Did Medvedev- you see that somebody had that sign in the fucking crowd? I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> well, at least it was, 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 I want was, you to you know, know that those like- people were tar and feathered in the. Uh... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? But they'll, meanwhile, they'll never um, live it down. They'll never live it down because you know, of course, obviously. Obviously, the next thing after the match was over was everyone was wondering why why the crowds were so loud for Medvedev. They didn't know Medvedev had that many fans, and I was like, <clears throat> they don't. Or, he did. Uh, it was just tr- anti Novak. <laughs> but you That's know, this true. is like the, this is the third Russian Nole no stripping over, right? I mean, if you call Sasha, he tripped over catching off in Paris. Sasha's not he Russian. Over- what do you think? Zara, he, he's German. He's Russian. His father's Russian. Oh. Who, wh- wh- which yeah. Paris? Which Paris did no Paris Masters? No, they lost Paris Masters to Karen Kachanov. Did he? Oh, really? yeah. <laughs> I don't remember this stuff. You know why? Because you know what? Novak is a leaky fucking number one when he wants to be. <laughs> when he, I, except for slam. Except for slams. No, except for slams. When it comes to slams, Novak is raring to go. And also, Novak, when he sees Federer or Rafa across the net, oh, man. he gets tight and he's ready. Everybody else, loosey-goosey. <laughs> I, I mean, look at this, right? Look at the people we have. Um, oh, hey, didn't he beat, didn't, um, when he lost, when, what's his name, has a title? Grigor has a title, right? Yeah. And Grigor probably beat. 
No, no, no. Grego has a Cincinnati Masters. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was like and two who years did he ago. Beat? Um, I think he beat he beat Chilich. But didn't he beat Nole somewhere along the way? I don't remember. I can't remember okay. that run. I have to remind myself. Well, but this is what Janine and I say. No, like Nole is traditionally pretty like pretty um pretty beatable in Cincy. He's not always been. He's never been really fearless there. Mm-mm. Last year he was on a nice run, but of course, um, for the men's side. This means absolutely nothing. Nope. <laughs> Similar to the women. <laughs> um, for when you move to New York. You know what I'm I mean? Like you. it's a different thing the, for the women's the, side. The women's the side. Top, you know who had a who surprised me the most, I think, on the women's side, and it wasn't a it, I mean, it was a fun, pleasant surprise was Venus Williams. Yes. Right. Well, something I mean, gotta come up good, right? Because she's been Oh, she looked great, you guys. She looked great. She's put a little bit of weight on. I mean, it's nothing bad. She doesn't look unfit, um, but she's put on some weight, and I don't know. I, I don't know. She looked good. She looked good in practice. She was her, so she's got this new coach, right? So um, the coach that she now calls down on court, which okay, the weight, yeah, because she wanted him only for coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean. He's talking to her. He's just like, you know, yeah, get moving and all that fun stuff. And she's just like, yeah, the coffee, though. Yeah, the coffee. Well, it was nice to see Venus sort of like alert because I feel like for the for the first part of the year, she's been sort of sluggish right. and not really. I mean, may, I would say probably not fully fit, you know, showing up with um, bandages everywhere, not and just being kind of like overrun by people. She was losing like first round or second round if she had a pass, but if she right. had a pass. But, um, I think I heard someone say this was the first time in quite some time that she's won three matches in a row. In a row. Yeah. There, yeah. Was, a thing, there was a thing where it was like she was won three matches in a row since like uh, maybe like a grass court tournament last year sometime. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. First time this year. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Oh, she, that's it was bad. Good to see. It was super good to see, which is why it was so she sad. She looked that great. He took her out so easily. She but was funny and pressed too. I she was, was good. Is that really, do you think that's why Venus hasn't been that interesting in practice? Because she was like sad about losing? Um, possibly, but I think that it comes, you know, also from she doesn't trust the press. Well, yeah. I heard people say how they don't go to her press conferences anymore and haven't for a very long time because she gives you nothing. Yeah, that's exactly how you do it, Venus. Give them Mm -hmm. nothing. Nothing. But she was on YouTube channel and you can give them all you want. right there. Exactly. So now that she has this other outlet, she's like, yeah, I'll talk to you, bitches. (laughs) say whatever i want (laughs) control the dialogue well that was it was that was a nice surprise to see i also um even though he lost i could tell that grigor was really really trying to get that win first round like i think that comeback and almost win against stan which i think bodes well for him i mean i think there was that was he gonna lose to stan I, a lot, but I mean that—that that was the first time I actually really felt like Grigor was like, "I can do this. I can do this." Like I just felt like he just needed a little bit more. Listen, the biggest problem with Grigor is when push comes to shove, he can't rely on that serve. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like he works so hard to get himself back in that third set, and then ah, 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 here comes the serve. Yeah. yeah, I didn't watch it. I was I was watching something else. Someone else was playing at that same exact time. Maybe that was. 
TFO? Maybe that was TFO in Monfils, maybe, I mm-hmm. think. So I, I chose that match, but I was scoreboarding it, and I thought, holy shit, Grigor's finally going to get his win over Stan. Uh. And then, no, didn't happen. Uh-uh. He might Poor get guy. it at the U.S. Open. He'll probably get it at the U.S. Open, where it really matters. Yeah, maybe. Stan looks good, though. Um, Fit-wise, like, he looks good. I don't. I didn't actually watch him play anything. Reels, what about you? Anything surprise you at Cincy in terms of like player or what? Venus, that's Venus for too. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised that nothing. Well, I wasn't surprised Serena didn't. Serena showed up and then bounced. That didn't surprise me at all. Um, but I would say for, I don't know. I'm surprised that it didn't. It didn't lead up that the summer series was kind of like blah. For what? For the women's side? Because I feel like oh, the men had a, a nice trajectory. I mean, yeah, but I mean, like, it, it didn't end usually because it would be one of them in the finals, right? And basically, I just felt since he never really got anywhere for me. Since he just felt kind of flat. Other than Vina, I was just like, hmm. I mean, Federer lost, but I mean, like, usually there's some excitement. But I guess if you're a fan of Kuzi, this is really cool, but it didn't end how we wanted it to end. I'm not a big Maddie fan, so I mean, but I was surprised she kept it together because I was just like, "We'll be giving Maddie's title like that," you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Charleston, let, Charleston, you know her. what I mean? <laughs> Let Maddie get a title, you know what I mean? Because you know, like Sloane knows what to do. <laughs> Serena knows what to do, you know what I mean? But apparently, Kuzi doesn't know what to do. Serve out sets, But I was surprised. I would say, talking about that, I was surprised Stevens went down so quietly to to Kuzi. Like Stevens was just like, I don't care anymore. But she's playing great tennis, so I mean, mean, Kuzi's playing good tennis, so that's not surprising. But you know, if if Kuznetsova can get her serve together before the U.S. Open, you better watch out. If she shows up in New York with a serve playing like she's playing now, she's going to go deep into that tournament. I'm, well, I'm putting it out there now. She, she need a much more stiff wrist, though. She 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 didn't have all kind of limp, so it it allowed Maddie to just step in, and be like, "Oh, I don't have to go all the way back. I could, you know, <laughs> I can pick my spot and step in." She, Maddie was always on the front foot, but hey, we're gonna get to the U.S. Open. Let's see how it happened. I thought it was gonna be cool weather over here, but apparently it's gonna get hot this week. Yeah, it's so. gonna be super, super, super hot. So, I mean, I have a feeling that since he's one of those tournaments this year, where next mid by the end of the year, we're gonna say who won since he again? Because of course we are, of course <laughs> we are. We're gonna say that next love. week. Stop Let it. me tell y'all something. I, mean, I don't even sure. I love you people, I love you all. But when Federer and Venus and Serena not winning, y'all still ask who won that? I don't remember. <laughs> True <laughs> that's, that's story. Right. Let me ask you something <laughs> who won the Australian Open? Who won the Australian Open? I don't know. <laughs> Wait, who <laughs> has genuine confusion on her face? No, no, no. Does. Like, I, wait, who won on the women's side? Who? Osaka. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, Osaka and Kavitaba. Yeah, there you go. Remember that time Kavitaba was getting to all finals? Where is Kavitaba? Apparently she's in. She is nursing an injury. Kavitaba oh. has an. Apparently huh? it has to do with her post-surgery issue and the way she holds the racket she's holding the racket 
in differently a way that's causing her to have injuries. they don't know for sure she said if that is that's a that's a they're suspecting Fury. that that's the reason right they don't know but yeah she's nursing a forearm injury right now so she's trying to work oh, on that caught up to having the thought of a way right yeah it's her okay, yeah yeah so this is we'll all see. delicate it's all delicate you know that whole mm -hmm. thing is pretty delicate aside mm -hmm. from all the reason real reasons why that whole thing happened but anyway um so what else can we talk about <laughs> so let's talk about the vibe on the grounds at cincinnati yes. this year yeah. So um, you enjoyed it, Janina. On a whole, did you enjoy Cincinnati? Of course, I always do. And the truth is, I is I enjoy the people the most. You know, it's fun to meet up with my tennis family in real life. Um, so the timeline so, becomes a real yeah <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the late night dinners and chats. That's the best part, and it, a lot of people do go. So you, aka there's a husband and kid around. So hey, that is well. <laughs> I didn't meet anybody new though this year. Like I didn't, oh. I didn't meet any new people. And I, there were a couple people that I um, told myself I was going to reach out to, but I was busy and it just didn't happen. So whatever. You will work um, it. The other years when you've gone and met people, you were not yeah. working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, that was nice. Um, it was interesting though. I talked about before how it didn't seem like it was as crowded. So today the numbers were released, and opposed supposedly this was the second highest in attendance in the history of the tournament. So I reached out to Tony and I said, What do you think about this? Because I do not feel like this is accurate. And because I can remember, um, you know, he said, well, you know, Federer lost early. Monday's usually a big hit day and it wasn't far as who's playing, which is true. However, Tuesday was, you know, a Federer played Tuesday. Venus played, I think, Tuesday. Novak played Tuesday. So there definitely was a lot of name recognition for people that you could go see. Um, but in in recent years, it's like you can't even walk a straight line to get to a bathroom. It's so crowded. You have to like navigate it like you're in the freaking jungle. And it wasn't like that this year. And I didn't have to, you know, like little things. Like I never had to wait in line to go pee. <laughs> and it seems like not a big oh, deal. Wait, but I think that says a lot about how many people are around. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and Tony agreed. Maybe men were there. I'm just saying. Well, maybe, but <laughs> I don't know. I just, it did not feel crowded. Never once did I want to go get a seat and I couldn't find one. That's unusual, you know? That's so, match. well, yeah, that's the only match I couldn't get in. There was no getting into that curious match at all. Um, that was the only time it felt like overly crowded, but really that was just bad scheduling. That should have been on center court. So maybe less to learn so strange that they keep announcing these numbers because numbers by itself means nothing right right it means nothing to you because you have to find out what can the grounds accommodate mm -hmm. so that means that it's a percentage of what the grounds can accommodate if the grounds mm -hmm. can accommodate two hundred thousand people and you get a hundred thousand people then that's not a big that's not a big deal right even right. if it's a larger number than you had in the past because the big selling point to cincy and its improvements is that they can now accommodate more people so, of mm -hmm. course, you would necessarily sell more tickets, right? Theoretically. Sure. Right. Yeah. Right. I was actually considering that. I'm like, is there another court somewhere that I'm not considering? You know, mm -hmm. there's not. I mean, the yeah. grounds themselves have not expanded. Yeah. So, 
it's not that the people are more dispersed. That isn't, that's not the case. So I don't know. It just, it just didn't feel like um, there was a lot of people there. I mean, of course there were a lot of people there, but it didn't feel like it's felt in recent years, not even close. So it was just odd. The question is like, how, what are you counting for tickets? Like that's a, that's a, Mm -hmm. that's a question we would love to ask. It's like, are you counting people who actually scanned their tickets and came in or are you counting like corporate seats and people, you know, know, all of that stuff. You gotta like sort of, yeah, that would be interesting to know. I bet I can probably ask that question. Um, you know, because I would be interested. Yeah. If you sold these tickets, but then people go, Oh, this person is my favorite and they lost early, so I'm not gonna go anymore. You know, yeah. that that would be interesting. So I don't know. It was it was definitely not the same vibe. So do you think that bodes do you think that means anything for the tournament? Like Well, the other thing is the cost that we talked about. I mean, things are just so much more expensive. Mm. You can't have I it just seems crazy to me that um you know, something that people, so they always send an email to past ticket holders, letting you know, you know, what's going to be there as far as food, who are their vendors going to be, um, who's returning and who is new. And I think when you see that you can kind of budget for what you expect prices to be because you've seen it before. Mm -hmm. And when you have, you know, a 45, 50% increase in price, in something that you used to consider reasonable that hurts it hurts you know your pocket um and ultimately it's gonna hurt probably the tournament because if you've budgeted yourself for x amount of dollars a day and then you have one meal and you've just used like 50 percent of your budget what you are you supposed do to do hot weather though you need to eat and be hydrated <laughs> and then you know cincinnati has always provided ice you've always been able to buy a drink and then they give you a souvenir cup and then you could get the cup full of um ice for a quarter and by bringing that back they even increased the price on that a little bit instead of that cup coming with a drink you bought the cup separately so, so interesting little ways was, to make a little bit of profit yeah so although apparently for that one they said that it was going to some sort of charity i guess that one call it what you want it still costs more yeah i mean it used to come in the price of your already overpriced five dollar water but yeah. now you have to pay two dollars separately just for the cup yeah with the iced pr- in it and if you want that gatorade or soda or something to go in it then you got to buy the drink on top of that so Clever. that also Clever. has increased you know so it's I just that kind it's of more expensive it's i, clever, I hate though. when companies telling me yeah we're doing something for charity now you give more money no you got the big bucks and the profits there mm-hmm. i am i am struggling but you know i was considering something um they seem to be catering for the foreign um traveler right the foreign um attendee but guess what america y'all got crazy bogus gun laws <laughs> and people not gonna want to come to that kind of thing <laughs> you know what i mean ohio is an yeah. open carry state isn't it yeah you don't see it very often but it is, it is. i mean i've never seen it i don't even want to say very often i've never been walking down and the street i am not sure because i am not sure if international rules that head the atp which i think is is housed in america if somebody wants to come on court, come on, come in the tournament with a weapon. No, they can't. 
Um, no, that's you not can't bring it in. You can't. It's posted all over that you can't take a firearm in. Which is so great that you have that posted. But, which is but I, I have yeah. to wonder, is that legal doing an open state carry? Well, I'm, yeah, you but, probably you know, in an open because they do it at all the venues. I mean, I can't go to a Browns game and wear okay. an AK-47 on my back. Like that's not happening. You can't even if even if you I don't you can't even if you have a concealed carry license, you can't take a weapon into a sporting event. Ever. Oh wait, so you're telling me so the sacred but if I want to walk down the street. The sacred sports ground have a bylaw, but you can bring an open carry gun into a school. Oh, interesting. No, you, you can't could. take it into school. No, you can't go into a school either. It's posted on schools, banks, you know, all those sorts of things where you can't do it. But if you want to walk down the street in Ohio with guns all over your body, and if you are, you know, licensed to carry those, you can do that. And nobody oh, so, can. So they just have to wait for you outside, right? When you leave yeah, the game. Yeah, so they just got to wait for you. Correct. Oh. Well, I mean, I think it's interesting anyway. Nonetheless, obviously the tournament has gone through a big re-upgrade. And this is the first year that we're actually experiencing the upgrade. And I think yes. we've seen some dips in numbers in terms of attendance. And so that's just something to pay attention to. See what that means. And also just like, is America a place that tourists want to come to? Right. And um um and it's tennis attractive enough to do that. The great thing about tennis well, is it's happening everywhere else. So you, you don't know, have to go to the US to see it. Right. There was there was just a shooting in since in right outside of Cincinnati in Dayton. That's, that's true. very close to Cincinnati. Um, you know, people um Ole Rafa, yeah. James Henry, who mm-hmm. was there covering for tennis panorama, he his family was concerned about him going there. I mean, that was not even a week out that that happened that's true that's fair so maybe there are people who change their minds about going yeah 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 because here's the thing um the people who are traveling like the journalists and whatever the case may be and as you pointed out for the players they say they love cincinnati mason because they can drive around and they're gonna go to stores and whatever the place may be and that's a matter of concern for their own safety yeah, I will say, though, I think the perk of Cincy, this is one of the perks of Cincy when I went the very first time, not that I went to the actual space, but I thought the players seemed to enjoy it is the um the um that playground next door. King's right, Island, the amusement, the amusement park, King's Island. I mean, I have to say, watching the players enjoy King's Island has been a part of the treat of Cincy. <laughs> <laughs> Ohio hey, I mean, where else are you going to see Benoit Pair dancing with a snake? Yeah. Exactly. That's or Serena's little dance. girl side-eyeing the white people in the back staring. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really, really fun treat. I yeah. like that. I mean, it, it was a nice, I have to say, I followed a nice mix of people who were sort of on the ground, of course, Lawanda. And it was, it seemed like, you know, there were, it seemed like the players were super accessible this year. In terms of practices, or maybe it's just Lawanda using her special, you know, super fan charm. But like, I saw a lot of players, you know, yeah, what they sought her out, maybe. <laughs> I don't feel like the players were super accessible by any means. I oh, feel like so. they take it away oh, a little bit. But you know, if you they are know Lawanda, because she, 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 they see her at Indian Wells. <laughs> but you know what? If you're willing, it's helpful to know that because if you go by her timeline you would assume that they were more accessible so yeah i mean you have to be willing to get to you know a fetter practice two hours early to stake okay. out your spot and sit there um okay. same with serena or whatever where you know we talked i talked about it on one of the ones that we did you know through the week about how 
they were putting these big, huge names on these practice courts that, you know, you can only view from one side. I mean, that really just didn't used to be the case. Yeah. I feel like they really tried to assign players to courts where fans could go and sit and watch mm. from all angles. And that just wasn't the case this year. Um, I didn't see as many players walking around the grounds, but again, I wasn't on the grounds as much That's as true. I usually am either. So I guess that matters too. Um, but they just did some really weird things logistically, in my opinion. You mentioned that um, I saw quite a few people, I think this happened in um, Canada and I guess also here, they did a pride event. I thought last year they had a pride event as well, right? And so, so this year they also- event. Yeah. There mm -hmm. was a pride event last year that um, nobody knew about. Mm -hmm. uh, I think James and Jonathan from the Body Serve were randomly invited because they were recognized by fans, and someone just said, "Hey, are you going to this event tonight?" And they didn't even know what it was. Okay. Like it, the information was not distributed. Um, it was not distributed again this year. Mm -hmm. However, if you attended last year, then you were given a heads up about it this year. Uh, Peter somehow got me on a list to be able to go. So mm -hmm. I went. And um, who hosted it? Was, it? Who's hosting? The, the, the USTA hosted it. Okay. Um, the There were like CEOs and, and whatnot of um, sponsor companies there. And then okay. there were um, big wigs from like the Midwest USTA division was there. Uh, Stacy Allister was there though. She didn't speak just kind of, um, you know, raised a hand and said, hi, it was an open bar and open food for yes. about four hours that's a lot of hours um, for open bar they had like a mingle hour which i did not go to like right at the beginning for an hour um to just go have drinks and eat and then after that so a few people and it wasn't a lot a few people got up to speak and to talk about you know what the event was which i'm still not sure what it was other than a pride event <laughs> And to basically other than it was called a pride event, you mean? I mean, it was clearly full of gay people, but it was gay people. It wasn't gay players. There were no players there. Um, there was a a moment where everybody in the room got together. We took a big photo. I don't know who took the photo. I don't know where that photo is going to be. Um, they were really trying to pump it up for the U.S. Open, I guess this year's pride or this would be the first year that the USTA is hosting a pride event in New York city. Um, <clears throat> and it's going to be at on Arthur Ashe, I think. No, Louis so, Armstrong stadium. It's what on Louis Armstrong? Armstrong. Yeah. Okay. Armstrong. It's okay. During, and it's during fan week, right? It's during a, a, yeah, a, a series. Yeah. Of it's, yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's on the 22nd. It's on the 22nd. Yeah. So, What's your sense of the event, Janina? Like, what? Um, you know, it was corporate Kool-Aid. Drink some if you want. It's like, yeah. oh my gosh, we want everyone to know that, you know, tennis in America is inclusive of the LGBTQ community. And who else in the world has a stadium named after Arthur Ashe and an entire tennis center named after Billie Jean King? And, you know, what we Arthur just wasn't gay, no. What does Arthur have to have to, Ashe have to do with gay people? Uh, what this is what was said. I'm just sharing, you know, what was said. Is it because um, he was HIV infected? I don't I know. Hope, I hope no that, one questioned I, I it. Listen, no God one that is not it. 
Please. I mean, it God, probably is. is. I, I know, I know, but, Yes. So, so, you know, it was, it was just basically a bunch of corporate hoo-ha and I, you know, what was nice about it? I feel like there were some people there in that space that were allowed to at least have four hours to be themselves. That was nice because I feel like, Like you know, a lot of times what's that? Like journalists? No, there weren't. No, just, you know, I see, I don't know who these people were, though. I don't know. Like, I don't know if they were just mostly fans. Um, I, I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know. I couldn't. I'll find out. But but they weren't, they weren't people that you recognize. No, uh, hardly at all. No. I mean, I went to the event with Peter, James and Jonathan. Um, there was a, a couple that um, that, you know, sat at our table. We said hi to introduced ourselves to. But that was it. Um, there was lots of couples, and it was nice to see them be in a space where they could freely be couples. Um, but it really wasn't anything. It really wasn't. They didn't give it you anything. It was a it was a soiree. The food was good. The drinks were good. Um, I know that. That's how we in, gays do it. In Canada, they had one, and uh, the attendees there were given like souvenirs. Like James had these awesome wristbands that were like basically Fila Fry, uh, Pride flags around the wrist. So those were nice, but yeah, they didn't. You know, they fed us, gave us drinks. That's it. I mean, I guess. Do you think? I mean, as the homosexual of the podcast reels, I'm going to put you on the spot, which is always the best thing to do. Um, what? Now you um, can see me. You can see me. I know. Okay. I, can totally, <laughs> I, I love totally, it. I can totally see the side eye. I went to an event last night, and the only person there was the. It was like a stage stage of like four people, and it was like one black person, and she was there to answer all the black people questions. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, I guess I don't want to speak for all black people. And she's like, looked around. And she's like, well, I guess I'm speaking for them all tonight. But anyway, so <laughs> it's totally inappropriate. In college, I call it the black caucus. You know, when <laughs> when you're the only black person in the in the class, yeah, and then yeah. and then there is a question, the and then the class turn around and look at you, and then. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I mean, but on another on another hand, I feel like it's important to ask a gay person because I don't want to judge it, right? I don't want to judge it as somebody from the outside saying that seems like an insignificant thing because maybe it is quite significant to be able to go into a space for four hours, have corporate people acknowledge that gay people exist in this quiet space and let you be a couple in that space. You know what I mean? Like maybe that's a powerful statement. You know, I don't know. I, I don't want to judge that. What do you think though? Well, hmm. I don't want to be a hater. You yes. know, but I think I'm a judicious hater and, you know, I'm also radical. So, I mean, you know, I have radical yeah. views, I should say. And, you know, and the thing is that this is United States of America and we're not in, yes, being gay and religious conservative, being gay in America is not illegal. It might be problematic in, you know, workspace, et cetera, et cetera. But there is nothing on the books to say being a gay um lesbian, transsexual, whatever the case may be. I just find these sort of like cooperate hoo-ha, Kool-Aid as you call it, Janina, very problematic because they, they're, they're picking at low-hanging fruit, right? Nothing is happening. Nothing is being moved. You're not advancing any sort of agenda but your own. You're just putting your face on to say, I had a gay event. And then you put that out there to say, oh, look how we're diverse. Look how we've done mm-hmm. this. But in fact, when you when you peel back that veneer, there is just nothing at all behind it because you 
because this isn't acknowledging that gay people exist. It's America. We know this, right? <laughs> like that doesn't need to be acknowledged. What needs to be acknowledged in a space when you have this sort of tennis event is, is that you are saying, supposedly, at the very least, you're saying tennis in pro tennis, people can be gay, lesbian, trans, bisexual, freely and openly. And, and that is, is what they were saying. That is but, exactly what they were saying. But we know but, better. But, but here's well, you thing. know what's well, interesting but, but, is they could have done it like, say, even football or um, baseball does it, which is to actually have an actual gay day. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, where, right? where, like, where, you know? it's a hugely celebrated, right? Where it isn't a secret thing that's happening in the basement somewhere. And not to say it happened in the basement. I but did question saying, that. Well, you know what? It was on the grounds, but it was back away from everything in a corporate tent. Like there, Cincinnati has all of these, um, this long row of buildings that sit, bes well, they call them tents, but they're buildings that sit bes um, behind the grandstand court. And as I'm walking by, there's a sign outside of each one letting you know which event you're going to. You can't even get up to the doors without a ticket. So everybody doesn't know what's going on. And I said, why don't we know about this? At the very least, if, you know, and someone said, well, it's free food and drinks. They don't want everybody and their mom to show up. And I can, I get that from an, but uh, it's a gay event though. Not everybody so and their mama is going to show up. They're not, <laughs> but you know what? At the very least, why aren't you telling the people that are covering your tournament that this is happening? Why wasn't this in the email that comes out every day at 5 a.m. from the talking about it though? No, well, well nobody's that, talking, but, but the information's not even that, being shared. Makes a good well, point well, about like how it's shared because I, I, I mean, I accidentally, but not really, but I mean, I went to um, a baseball game here, and it so happens to have been gay night, and it's very clear that it's gay night. Like, all the signage is gay. There's like a whole like um, they had, uh, strangely enough, Billie Jean King. It's a baseball game, but Billie Jean King walked out out there. <laughs> There's one where Adam Ripon, the tennis one in um, New York, in next Thursday, Adam Ripon would be a figure skater. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, yeah, it's interesting, oh, okay. but it is interesting that you could, there's something to be said for what your point, Janina, about why is it a secret, though? It's a little bit of like a little bit of a dirty secret. Like you don't have to have it be a secret. If it is a gay day, I mean, and maybe these are steps, right? These are steps onto something else where the next time around, Hopefully, it's going right? to be an actual day because you know, like how you have ladies days at tournaments. Listen, Cedar Point has a damn gay day from when I was a little girl. Yeah. So, you know, maybe but that's thing, actually But, the but here's step. the thing. You can, but you can have, have that gay day and you can also have a private soiree. You know what I mean? Yeah, the true, two doesn't sure. exclude the other. But right. what I'm simply saying to me is just like, it isn't saying anything. There is a picture taken and yep. this becomes a document because you have done, and you have yep. done nothing. We've not yep. advanced anything. And, and this is, this is what we're talking about because you can't legislate. I mean, no matter in, in the most repressive societies, gay people still exist. Lesbian people still exist. Transsexuals still exist. What these people need when these kind of acknowledgement happen is political recognition, actual real support that here's the thing here is a space where you're welcome anywhere we are included you are welcome openly to be free not just for four hours but for 24 hours as long as we no, i agree with that and i, I just find that when it comes to tennis if we're at a tennis event i expect i mean the players out here talking about you know what we got a new tile in the bathroom it is so amazing oh my god <laughs> we got a new show ahead they talk about 
every minute changes to the turn, every single one. And to me, and here's the thing, there is no official policy, like a real official policy for tennis. If you're saying that this is gay, I'm sure there is no law saying that you can't not be, you can't be gay in tennis. There's no such rules. But we know in marginalized community, we know tennis racism history, that you had to make clear rules about these things. And that should be celebrated. That should be out there. But if no one from the ATP is showing up here, people, USTA can do whatever they want to do because they, they technically, they're not the overall body for anything. They have to go through the ITF. So USTA can do anything they want to do here. But if I'm not seeing this in Melbourne, if I'm not seeing this in Paris or Wimbledon, if I'm not seeing this around the tour, but I don't well, know. Well, the question me. is, the question for me, though, is what would be, what would be a sign of a real gay celebration? At well, the, you know, they at, have student night they have military night they have usta day why not have a pride day and then actually have it be a part of the actual event where you show Correct. up and then you actually have to have the you have, you might yeah. have to have the rainbow flag yeah. prominently displayed i mean when they it's like maybe part of like a drink you might have to have a gay drink with famous gay people which could be kind of crazy but you could um <laughs> when, they, when they have these other like mini recognition days um yeah. usually what happens is all day long on center court they're saying something about right. this day you know this is military day please stand up if you have served you know or all, all day just little bits yeah. and pieces and fun facts and whatever so yeah i mean you know if you want to do it i i i'm not going to say it's a bad thing because i don't think it's a bad thing i think it's a good thing that it's happening at all and like andrine said maybe this is a step forward you have to start somewhere everything has to start somewhere so maybe this is the, the conversation starter that will turn into something bigger mm. but i just don't like that I don't know. I don't know anything because, about it. I don't know what's happening. Here's, here's I don't know thing. how to get an invite. Here's the thing with all of that. I hear you and that, that those are all noble um, things and might all be true. But here's the thing. Military day didn't start in the back. Family day didn't start in the back. You know, none of these other days started in the back. They didn't start with a conversation. Okay, so it started prominently. It yeah. started prominently. So to me, it's either you're going to do a thing or you don't do it at all. Because guess what? Tennis is going to be the same <laughs> without this day, right? It's not right. adding anything. So if to me, yeah. I hate this little gesture because yeah. to me, it's a, it's a spit in the face, right? You're just, this little gesture to say, see, hey, we have a gay day. Here's a photo of people, right? And these people are just like, I just thought <laughs> there's free food here and free drinks, right? <laughs> Things are expensive here. I And I, I guess this is you what are... they're going to tell me. They're going to tell me that this big event at Louis Armstrong, but I'm still saying um, I don't see any current players there. I don't see an official statement from ATP saying, you know what? Hey, if anybody wants to be gay, you can be out gay. And this, this our apparatus that we have here would protect you from that. You know, that we are here to protect you. We're here to be a guide for you and all that. The WT literally was started, but they don't even say anything prominently about LGBT anything. I think right. they have. I think the WTA has. I think they not have, enough. They, they have had a banner. But... They had a banner. They mm -hmm. had a banner um celebrating LGBT. And they also talk about the I mean, we'll see. I mean, I just I think it's just I think we have to be super well, careful. Let's see. We have to be super careful because I've seen people who react quite positively to it, mm -hmm. which again, this is the Reels tennis crew. We always have we always are a little bit on the 
on the edge of these things. Um, because uh, Reels is always like he says, radical. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Which is not to be very. Which well, is not I to, think that two things can be, be true. You know, it's not to be dismissive of it at all. You know, because I appreciate that. Um, but I, it's interesting to see that in this kind of like continuum of reactions, I think some people feel quite validated by, ban. You know, like having um, a wristband and and having it feel like they exist out there in the world in as fans. Um, so, I, I mean, I think there's something to be said for that, right? Um, I've just seen a, a sprinkling of people having lots of different reactions. So I know those things don't matter to me in that way. Cause I mean, they're still going to kill me. Um, even if they're celebrating a black day. Well, well <laughs> but, last year, well, last you know. year they had a similar thing, but it was off grounds. It was at a bookshop yeah. and that's all they said of it. Right. But it, w- it wasn't organized by anyone. Official yeah, this, to say. More this is much more. I, because I, I knew that was coming. I knew that thing that was started there was going mm-hmm. to be something much more prominent. But it, it so far, the, the second one hasn't happened. All I feel that is happening, it's just, it's just the face, right? We're just putting, it's, it's well, not we'll serving see. the community, but it's just serving the individuals who are involved in it. It's all about them. Okay. And that's how this is general. So general, we'll have to, yeah. oops. But, We'll have fans that are gonna. We'll have fans that are gonna go to the event. Yeah, and we'll so have to we'll, ask. We'll see. We'll ask. Um, once we, you know, once the U.S. Open coverage starts, which will be fun, we can ask people what their experiences of going to the Pride event was like. Um, yeah. I don't know if Reels is gonna get him his ass out of the house and go. He might. It might be a school night. <laughs> Janina, dude, uh, I, I don't think they have free drinks and food. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You've got to get something in your ticket price, right? I don't know. I do know someone wants to take you. I, I do know that someone wants you to go with them. Is it oh, Benoit Pair? Yes. That- as a matter of fact, it is. <laughs> I'll tell him to grow his beard That's out. That's what I'm looking for. Okay, That's people? what he wants. This That's is what, what I'm, you know. I, I keep feeling that these things are just like, it's like when you hear that rumor, oh my God, an NSYNC member is gay. Oh my God, it's Lance Bass. It's not the one we wanted, okay? It's not the one we wanted. You don't get, you don't get to be upset because it's not the You're one. You're an asshole. It's not the one. Because we, we've been new, okay? Call me when, you know what I mean? Stop telling me something like, oh my God, Clay Aiken is gay. No shit, Sherlock, okay? Call me when it's someone, you know what I mean? I mean, like, whether he was, we were already celebrating. Well, I hope that if someone is there and they're ready to come out and say, hey, it's me, that you don't miss it. I want you to be there in case that happens. Just saying. So anyway, so let's. um, I already got my numbers. If this was happening, they know how to contact me. My DMs are open. Cut it out. Cut it out. He's horrible. (laughs) DMs and legs are open. Um, Let's move forward. I am a lady until six o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move forward. So there were some controversial moments in Cincy. Not as many as there normally is, but there were some controversial moments in Cincy. Um, as usual, it's the usual suspect. Is Nick this where Nick got in trouble the last time? Uh, no, I think what was the last trouble here? Listen, you know With what? The Donna Nick... situation. It was no, no, that the... was a, that was in that was in Canada. That was in oh, Canada. okay. Okay. <laughs> but I, I have to say, can I just say, I think it's really noteworthy that absolutely, aside from the rant against Fergus Murphy, there was absolutely nothing substantially different about Nick's behavior at Cincy compared to Washington, D.C. The only difference 
is that he won there. Winning covers a multitude of sins. <laughs> no, because I saw footage and I was like, wait, is this DC Cincy? Well, like, I was like, wait a minute. How is it that I can't tell the difference between what's going on in terms of his external Listen, behavior? <laughs> I don't even really honestly know what happened other than it was a hot fucking mess. And there was, you know, some swear words said. Um, he yelled at the umpire a little bit. Um, he did call the umpire a fucking tool. Um, he said he had to go to the bathroom and, and he didn't go to the bathroom and he was told not to go, but he did leave the court and he smashed the hell out of two rackets, you know, however, well, wait, 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 why are any, listen, you know, we're all Nick fans on this podcast. Why is any of that stuff allowed? Like, that's what I'm like. I'm confused by any of it. Why is what allowed? Like, it seems to me there's a weird frustration with Nick that to me feels like unearned in the sense that if he's not allowed to walk off the court, then you fought, you then basically end the match. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why are you having, it's like a parent saying, I really want to punish you. And then right. you have then the you right to punish through. and you don't follow through. The next so time, like, the next time, Juno, you did this, you do this, I'm going to spank you. You know what okay. I mean? I've like, given you five more times. Yeah. yeah. You know what and I mean? like, 20. Do you know, which yeah. is why I feel like we have these ongoing conversations. I actually legitimately, I'm a huge Nick fan, but I legitimately think that if you think that what he's done is punishable, then simply punish him and then move on. If well, they did in the it. tune of a hundred and but only no, this... after, but no, only it, after, it, it, right? It's right. gonna go on. Right. They're gonna reassess and then perhaps give further punishment. But and you know they like, will. Which is like, but see, this is what I hate. Like, I don't like the assessment after. I think the assessment after is muddy and unclear to me. Because, and then it feels... because you're talking about something else. You're not talking yeah, about this particular a, it, incident. Yeah, then it's about like a summative thing. And then it's about like the court of public opinion. Mm-hmm. If you have a rule that says this cannot happen and this person breaks the rule, then you need to clearly state what the rule is, mm-hmm. say it's been broken, and then say, and therefore he's forfeited the match. It's over. Do you know what I mean? Like... The back and forth and then therefore having to then renegotiate whether he gets to play the U.S. Open, which is not the case because this is not a, an a, it's not an um, ATP event. Right. And then, oh, should I punish him exactly. for Laver Cup? Do you know what I mean? Like, deal with the moment. As In the moment. And then let it be done. Like, I think actually, to be honest, that's been my biggest problem with this because it's like clearly you're OK with what's happening in the moment because you're not dealing with it. And then later on, you feel like the public reacts and then you have to do something. Well, because the minute he walked off of the court, because literally you defaulted him a tournament, several tournaments ago when he left the court to say he left the court. He defaulted the match. That happened, I think, three tournaments yeah. ago. Yeah. When he left the court to go to the bathroom, they said you left the court, whatever, default the match. And then they issued a punishment. To me, I don't understand how you get to punish someone twice. Yeah. The match ended and then you want to assess money again. Like, what the hell is that? Like, to me, it's just like, and you and this kind of fine is crazy. The well, it comes back happening? to remember when we looked at the rules and, and the rules say the fine is punishable up to a certain dollar amount or starting at a certain dollar amount. If we just had fines in place that said, if you smash a racket, it's going to cost you $5,000. Then 
that would be okay, right? But now we're in a situation where you have a player who walked off the court, and I think I I could be wrong, but I think actually like racket abuse violation starts at ten thousand. I don't know if that's accurate, but now you have um in, instead of having it set in stone that this is the rule and this is the punishment as it should be. We have, like Andreen said, all of these people who are going to come back and evaluate it over and over and over and have all these discussions. And then you end up with this fine that is just astronomical and it really doesn't fit the crime. Like it really yeah, doesn't. Yeah, it just doesn't. Like for me, it's like, listen, if, listen, and you know how, you know how tennis has been dying to make it interactive. From this point on, do not let it be arbitrary that an umpire decides that a racket smash is problematic or not because they've mm-hmm. been doing that. Right. As soon as a racket gets smashed, you need to go, I need to see on the screen, ding, $10,000, fine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. right. if yeah. you want to, I mean, you may as well because... start tracking fines in a match. And as soon right. as you know, there's a signal, uh-oh, signaling to coach. Code violation, and you know what? boom. And here's the thing. Do you know why it's odd? Because of the back and forth, a newspaper put up a, 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 a um, because part of next always been interesting you people keep gunning for me and not gunning for others so someone did a side by side of no, nick, nick and Rafa. Did, nick did that it's, side by side did that and the newspaper took it up curious did it himself a... oh newspaper thing i thought the newspaper did it and there oh. it was rafa spent nearly 50 minutes and i mean like he and i think the rule is 25 seconds so he had like two points like twice he's there we pause. You have to pause because you went out a bit. So what happened was Nick posted a video, um, and side by side of him and Rafa in yep. terms of time between serves. Mm-hmm. And what what what's clear in the video, whether you like Nick, whatever, right. what's clear in the video is that Rafa is breaking the exact same rule that Nick is. Yes. And except except that Nick is being called for it more times, which is his perception. Now yes. whether which is truthful, whatever. But the thing that's really weird is like. I think you can be much more transparent in all of these things. Yeah. But I suspect that chair umpires are not entirely clear about all the rules and therefore are not entirely about when they're going to enforce all the rules. No, because- I don't think I think they're plenty clear about the rules. They make the rules bend depending on who they like the best. And also depending on the moment, because somebody said to me, because somebody said, well, did you know that there was a 30-shot rally before? We don't make those distinctions. Right. We don't make those they distinctions <laughs> about how, long, how yep. long you have to wait. And yep. so, I mean, and this is the thing, is like we all understand that this is meant to be not the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law. But I think mm-hmm. bias can creep in with umpires mm-hmm. well, Rafa when they're trying to be, when they're trying on the to interpret point. the rules. You know, <laughs> oh, no. but yeah. I mean, I think, but I yeah, think no, but you're, Yeah, all of that is true, for sure. I mean, I just I mean, think, I don't get it. Like, if Nick is breaking the rules, declare what the rules that he's broken is and say it and then be done with it. Don't leave it up to some sort of weird discretion. And then afterwards, you're like, an investigation, quote unquote, an investigation. What is this mess and madness? I mean, because you know what? I saw how he acted. And is it appropriate? No. Absolutely Does it not. warrant $120,000 worth of fines? No fucking way. I want to know what Petkovic got fined for acting like a fool out on court three before the cameras were rolling. 
That's what I want to know because that plays in a whole nother issue. But you don't need wait, cameras. Wait, wait. So... What was Pet? What was Pet? What was Petkovich doing? Petkovich. Well, because Petkovich is usually insulting. I know people find her charming, but yeah. she's super insulting. She and had a she had a temper tantrum. Yeah, plain plain as day, and she you know was swearing and yelling and beating the shit out of her racket. I bet you <laughs> that she didn't get fined. I don't think she got really... fined. I don't think she got yeah, fined. Yeah, so I I, I would like to know. But you know, this was qualifying round there were no cameras rolling um so you know people didn't see just kind of like when when the brian brother put his hands on an uh line judge nobody saw it but here's the thing janina you don't need cameras after every match i I get that but i do think it matters i think think it it matters because everything in tennis is subjective so when you have things on film and it's getting out there and it's you know that that bad look for the sport getting out to the world, someone behaving this way, they feel that they have to punish it harder because people see it. I truly believe that. Really? And so. Andy Murray isn't broke? No, Andy Murray you know, is and a white is, male. This is the thing. And this is the thing that drives me nuts because it's, and I don't, I'm not defending Nick. I think Nick is an ass on court. I think he mm-hmm. needs to gain self-control. I think he loses matches for his own poor behavior and his poor impulse control than anything else. But I think my biggest problem with it is that it's just inconsistent. Yeah. I've seen people smash rackets, but if they smash a racket and they're quiet, they don't get in trouble. Yeah. But if you smash a racket and you're bitchy, then you get in trouble. It Unless you're no matter. You know, but the, the act of ma- smashing the racket should be finable if that's something that you all care about. And it but is. It's like all it is. Other but everybody doesn't get it. it. Yeah, like it's very strange. Or I've seen players go on rant. Maybe you can't hear it, but I've seen them ranting. Mm-hmm. And and actually, Nick was ranting with Fergus, but I've seen other players rant with Fergus. I've seen Stan do it. They don't count it as a rant, but he's mm-hmm. engaging the umpire back and mm-hmm. forth out of like annoyance or what have you. So I think these are d- different things that are happening. And I'm always just like, I think the clearly egregious thing for me with that Nick call was that he said, you're a tool at the end of it. But really, the only the other thing when I was watching the match, they didn't talk about the whole bathroom thing and coming. But they didn't actually talk about that until after. So that's another piece. It's like you don't get that as a fan so... very much after. You know what was funny about that part for me? Um, I watched, I was watching it live on TV, okay? And mm-hmm. I had um, Jim Courier, and I think it was Brett Haber yeah. or the commies. Jim Courier, first and foremost, Jim Courier is the worst. Jim Courier has so, become such an old lady. I hate to say it, but he has. Yes. He was very negative about Nick when it happened. Um, when he came back, he was like, well, unfortunately, that's going to be him. Uh, that's going to be the match. He'll tank the rest of the match. He said that after Nick hit a screaming forehand winner, a screaming forehand winner. And then Courier says, unfortunately, that's going to be him tanking the map. Like, why would you say that after someone hits a winner? But what? But my point was, so they were very like bad Nick, how dare you? This is horrible. They're apologizing to the viewers for his language. And it was just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that y'all have to witness this. Okay. Then I saw a video of it on Twitter with Australian commentary. They were laughing. And they were like, when he walked off court and he went back and beat the rackets and then came out, they said, well, I mean, at least he didn't do it on court. We probably shouldn't laugh, but we are because it's funny. I mean, that, but it was very interesting to see, like, 
you know, contract. you the yes, it, it could not have been more different. And it wasn't a little chuckle. These guys were cracking the fuck up. Well, this is the thing that's so interesting to me because I know like British press go on and on because apparently um, Andy Murray chastised Nick. I read the piece. There was no chastising. He was just like, that was bad. And that was it. But mm-hmm. the fact that we have Andy Murray as some sort of moral authority, when for my so mind, weird. it's so mad. It's so weird because for me, Andy Murray has been the Nick Curios of his generation. In fact, oh, you, you don't get it. You don't get it because generation. I mean, I get yeah. it. It's Andy Murray's perceived as less threatening because he's white, but I think it's hilarious because I'm yeah. like, Andy Murray has been such a tool on court. He has all been. The time. All the time. Andy Murray hit a ball, hit a ball towards an umpire once in Rome several couple of years ago, and nothing happened to him. The yeah. umpire says, "I know what you're doing," it's but here's just, the thing: because I don't have cable, and I watch, I watch a lot of European coverage. Nearly every single Andy Murray match, if it's in English, they're apologizing for Andy yep. Murray. Yep. Yeah. Oh, we're That's sorry. Oh, he's so into Andy. Andy. Yeah. This is, this is, what I'm talking about. I'm like, if Andy Murray isn't broke because of fine, if I can't tell you any fine Andy Murray has ever had. I'm sure. But you know crazy. what? And I'm just like. But here's the thing. I, I, also, even if Andy Murray gets fined every single time, we don't hear about it, and that's another disparity. That's not, because because, because the we Nick, the Nick fine is part of his story. Yes, he's never got. He the, did this. Never he was the fine. Andy Murray but fine. Never really should have. Because listen, this is why I get puzzled. Because I, this is why Andy's not my favorite. He's never been a favorite. Because I've thought that Andy Murray has been the most privileged white tennis player we've ever encountered. People talk about Fed. People talk about. I don't even understand that. Andy Murray's on court behavior is egregious. Egregious yeah. has been for years. His arrogance towards Verdasco. I mean, all of it from all of it. And so I, and the cursing, they've had to apologize. And, and the cursing. pettiness. Nobody <laughs> likes you, But I mean, it's like, it's, but I think it's so amazing that the, t- the, away, the amount of like the, the, the way people have been able to br- embrace Andy Murray's like on court horribleness as some sort of charming factor and some sort of like almost like a cachet to his humanity. That's been a short, that's been his thing. That's why Andy Murray is revered is like, he's so human. He lets you in on his feelings. He lets you in on his frustration. Yeah. Motherfucker. You're part of a generation with the top three players and you're a plus four and hello. And you're frustrated. I get it. But the way that they have been able to talk about his own on court behavior, as if it's been some like, wonderful like i don't know i'm just i i'm stunned by it and so anytime that's why the nick thing is always so jarring because i'm like but you do know that andy murray is nick from 10 years ago i know right <laughs> <laughs> yeah until that back got in but I mean, even the video game, the video game, the, the girlfriend dumping him because he couldn't focus on anything else but his video yep. game. The fact that he wasn't an articulate person, the fact that like people thought he was an idiot. Like I was like, what? Look, winning covers a multitude of sin, and Nick. If you want to do dirty, you got to win clean, boo. You got to be out here winning clean. Well, this 
what I meant when I started the segment by saying Nick's behavior was no different in DC, except he picked up the title, oh, and that they is true. loved him what? for that. They loved him for that. <laughs> Listen, but anyway, Nick should, Nick should be punished. But I need some clarity about the punishment. Not for that, that. Not that kind of money, though. Mm-mm. We could not build a house money. with that kind of money. But, we could build a house. <laughs> but listen, I think we. But I think we came up with a good idea for the ATP. Start putting fines on the screen as they're happening. Yeah. The fans should know. It should be completely transparent. Well, and the, play- and the also players should know. Warn them from the jump about time violation. We gotta do this. It can't be. It can't be like we're six four, five four, triple set point, and then we're gonna be like time one in violation. Bitch, he was doing it for two hours. He was <laughs> doing it for yep. two hours. Yeah. And then here's what happened to that rule. That then be- the conversation about that isn't that the umpire finally did his job? Is man, you're gonna do this and it's triple set point? Who right. gives a fuck? He right. should have known. You know what I mean? But anyway, consistency. Janina, I told you. Y'all told me that I was crazy. And if you listen to the midweek podcast, Janina said, Andy Murray said, you know, oh, I'm not going to play singles because I ain't ready for five sets. Guess this what? This motherfucker. <laughs> Make me sound like the crazy person. He said this. Well, I, I told you his He said this in an get... interview with British Radio. And then two days later, I'm going to play singles. No doubles. Motherfucker, fuck you. I think Andy Murray is like learning as he goes along about what he thinks his capacity is. So now yeah, he's going to play proven wrong all the time. He doesn't wait. look great. I don't know. He needs to play singles, I guess. And not a well, he's going to do it. In, he's going to do it in Winston Salem. And I think he has admitted that he may do a challenger during the U.S. Open. The arrogance of that fool. But anyway, Janina. Well, I think it's good. It should bring him low. Go, go to challengers and get yourself, get yourself together. <laughs> it would um, humble him. <laughs> go humble. Go be humbled. Go be humbled, Andy. Poor um, Mazda. <laughs> but anyway, Me this was an extra friends. long, juicy podcast, which was only supposed to be an hour. And because I can see the ladies, Janina is looking at me like that. Says, "Like, bitch, I gotta go cook dinner, okay? So My husband we- and children are about to eat me alive." When will yeah. we, and when, I don't know what I'm gonna do. We see our fans next. It will be the live draw show. Well, can um, we do live? We're in a different platform now. Can we do live? Yes, we will figure it out. We will be live. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes, and yes. I'm Look, working on it. This is from Janina's lips to God ears because now we will. Yes, it's we will. Sa- it's the same lips that said something about Mazza. So let's. Just I know people. <laughs> No, it's crazy. No, we really, you know what? We have to thank Janina for taking the hustle down to taking the Real Tennis Fan podcast down to Cincy Tennis and um, representing us so well. Um, We don't have bags, we don't have notepads. Um, All we have is this beautiful girl. (laughs) But I will say, Janina. She didn't get uh, us any free stuff. I did too. I just haven't sent it. I did get you free stuff. She didn't didn't get us any free stuff. From the other podcast. How dare you? There is a table in Janina's house where there's stuff for all of us and they never get mail. It's true. Technically, you don't have it. I saw saw a really nice canvas bag and it better be in my drawer. (laughs) Listen. I said, why didn't I 
get a bag. Like Jonathan gave me these cute little post-it <laughs> notes that cute. say the body serve. And I was like, but Steph got a bag. I didn't Janina get a bag. He was like, Janine. he said, Janina, you have your own podcast. <laughs> I don't think you're going to walk around with the body serve. I was That's like, true. I want a bag. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to cross out the body serve and put a podcast <laughs> on it. But that's going to be the Look, bag. The bags were cute. She's going to nick it, right? Break. She's going to do that nick thing. Nope. We're not going to have joker hair. <laughs> Listen. I love it. First though. person that's, that listens that's why to. People want blood. You know that's why they want blood from Nick, right? It's because he disrespected the number one. And he was just I, like, I, nope. I mean, said they're going to want the whole entire crowd. <laughs> I mean, that's, you can't, who, get in line. Get in line if you want. Right. For <laughs> sure. But, you know, just, just a quick, like, wrap up, you know, definitely shout out to James and Jonathan from the body serve. I had a ton of fun hanging out with you guys for the time that I was there. Always a pleasure to see Tony. Um, got to share a meal with Val, Tennis Inside Out, and um, who else did I see? Um, Chad. I got to hang out with Chad. We had to practically drag him out. Motherfucker didn't show up to dinner till twelve thirty a.m., but he came. That so ain't you know, dinner, that's like exactly, very early <laughs> exactly. But he did come, and it was fun. Um, you know, so it was nice. Cincinnati is a great place to to meet up with um, people. A lot of people go. There were some people who were missing, but that's okay. We'll do it next time. All right. That's then. awesome. Fantastic. So, um, Janina, drop those you prices, was... Cincy. Yes. Janina, yeah. you were supposed to try out our intro, outro music. Fans, oh. you get to vote. Well, I, and this guess is what? So this, unfair. this machine isn't rigged. Okay? So, this is Janina's so, anyway, Janina has been yeah. the, tech, the, the, the tech person all week. <laughs> so an extra shout out to Janina. This podcast is, live, is, is, is available because of Janina. All because of Janina. <laughs> so on that note, I mean, do you like this for outro music? We've already kind of shot it down for intro. It's not upbeat enough for us. But if y'all like this, we will keep it and know that it was designed and produced by moi. You know what kind of music this is, right, Janina? What? This bedroom music. This House party kind of, music. No, this is the kind of music that gets you to the bedroom. The bedroom hey. has a different playlist. Yes. <laughs> hey. Get you in the mood, baby. Night, guys. Night, guys. Good night. Good night. <laughs>